All right. Welcome to the People of Culture podcast. We, the POC of the POC, are here to unpack everything culture because culture can literally be anything. That it can. That it can as we show week after week. We're And who am I with? I am Shay Cherie of Shay Cherie Show. And who are you? I, I am Joey. Who the, the hell are you? Right? How did you get here? <laughs> no, I'm Joe, aka the Right? That's all I could hear was her song and her, her in like the water. Do you remember right. the video? Yes, yes. Anywho, I'm Joe, aka the <laughs> Kirby Fangirl. No, I'm Deborah Cox. So. Yes, <laughs> I am Deborah Cox. Cox. Yeah. Yes, Deborah Cox. Heck yeah. Then I will be Missy Elliott because she's yes, one of my shout outs Missy. this week. Yes. Mm-mm. All right, and welcome to the People of Culture podcast. So last week, we re- basically recapped and talked about what it's like to do what you got to do in the creative space, yep. some of the stuff you got to sacrifice, Hell some of yeah. the stuff you got to do to get mm-hmm. by. Yep. And it was uh, inspired by the lovely Jeffrey. I can't think of his last name. Do Owens. His last name? Oh, there we go. Jeffrey uh-huh. Owens. Mm-hmm. Be very humble, very sweet. Jeffrey Owens. Uh, yeah. And his fantasticness. He's awesome. He's still out here doing the things. Um, he's saying he doesn't want any sympathy roles. Um, mm-hmm. Update on that. But I guess, he, you know, just being able to be in the audition rooms more often, mm-hmm. I think is just awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Nicki Minaj still haven't run him his 25 bands that she promised. But, you know, that's cool. She's used to doing a whole lot of, you know, Making huge claims, and then... I, I feel like she wasn't listening to what he was saying. Right. He was like, he I don't said, want I'm charity. Okay with hard work. I <laughs> right. need to do that. You know, I'm working. I'm trying exactly. To I do not need charity. And here she go with, I'm a donate. Oh. I'm a donate twenty five bands. Right. <laughs> Why? 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 Right. <laughs> Why, Nikki? You missed the point of our whole conversation. All right. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. You got any shout outs? Mm, shout out. Oh. Or lifesavers. Instacart, like I said, I've been saying over and over again. Mm-hmm. Instacart is pretty bomb. I mean, you're making a little extra cash. If you're looking for something that will give you extra cash and leave people's asses out of your cars, I think that <laughs> is great. Mm-hmm. You get to learn about a lot of what um, people got in their pantry. Um, True. Now, if I get invited by any of my white friends, I want to come by there and have all their snacks because they have <laughs> nothing pecan. They've got, you know, all the cool vegan cookies out of Whole Foods. Nice, um, nice. They've got the, they've got the, how do you say this? Oh, my God. The Hokama, Hokama. What? Jacama. It looks like Jacama. Uh-huh. But it's Spanish. Hickama? It's Hickama. Hickama. Mm-hmm. They got the Hickama. Oh, okay. They've got the um, all the wines. I'm coming over by their house. Nice. I'm coming nice. to get their things. <laughs> I know you have. Right. I know you're shopping Instacart. You got the you got the app, and so that means you purchase expensive groceries. I'm coming by for snacks. That means you expect expensive oh. groceries. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. So, what about you? Any shout outs? I do. I have quite a few. So, I wanted to shout out uh, a special belated happy birthday to His Royal Highness Prince Henry. Oh, or Henry, Psh, Harry. There we go. Already I messing was like, it up. Who the hell? 
what? He's the missing brother. You don't know about his secret. Mm-hmm. They know. <laughs> Come on. Harry. Come on, the guy that was beheading people. Right. <laughs> right. No. Prince Harry, aka Mr. Megan Markle. Yeah. Not Mr. Megan Yeah, it's Mr. Megan Markle. Mr. Markle. <laughs> exactly uh though there was like a lot of tributes his birthday was on saturday so we saw all these like cute little tributes and just how he's always kind of been the wild and out prince but i think that's because he had a lot more freedom as the fair you know mm-hmm. to the air so in process but happy belated birthday to you and all the wonderful stuff you do uh, you. i also wanted to shout out slick woods Slick Woods is a model. She modeled for Fenty this past week. Oh for, yes, with her belly out. With her belly out, with her pregnant self, I and love then things like that. She gave birth immediately afterwards, like hours after the show. Homegirl I mean, had a baby. She looked like she was maybe maybe five months pregnant. Maybe. Right, right. If that, if that, like, but she was full time. She's just so tiny. She is a teeny tiny woman. She worked the heck out that runway. She did her thing. And she mind you, she's in lingerie. She was in lingerie. Pregnancy is sexy. Hey, get it. Get it. And then just popped out a baby. Get it. Come on. Do it. Come on, magic black girl. That's what's right. So congratulations (laughs) to her and her her new mommyhood. Yes. Uh, on the Ellen show. I don't know if you remember the, the viral video that went out. There's a white woman named uh-huh. Mary Hasley who right. does Missy's Work It song for like every event, any kind of karaoke thing. But she does okay. it well. So she knows all the words. She what? does everything. And uh, Ellen had her on the show. And I've gotta, I got to give it up to Miss Mary because she is her own hype man. Like she didn't need Ellen there. She could could have ran that whole interview by herself. Right. I don't need you, girl. Pretty much. And then Ellen let her have the stage so she could do her, her Work It song. She starts doing Work It. And then we hear Missy. But at first, we're like, oh, maybe it's a song. Like, maybe they just <laughs> added the song to it. Right. But then Missy comes out on stage. And they both <laughs> do it together. It was so cute. Kristen Bell was in the audience. And you see the shock on her face when Missy steps out. It was hysterical. I know. She was like, wait a minute. It was awesome. Wait, well, Missy I, I anything. I get excited. Getting her flowers. Yes. I mean, she she deserves. Yes. To be Absolutely. Honest, I mean. I, she's brilliant. She's freaking brilliant. She's mm-hmm. responsible for a lot of people's faves. Yes. So. Yep. You know, I'm not understanding why she hasn't you know gotten the video vanguard award but you know that's something for another time i'm not gonna also also look who hosts the video vanguard awards <sighs> i mean okay whatever oh MTV. yes i do have one shout out mm-hmm. uh, miss misha battle mm-hmm. i don't know if you've seen this joe but it actually is something that happened in uh on mta in uh baltimore uh-huh yeah baltimore There was this girl on the bus. Mm -hmm. Her and her boyfriend are on the bus, and apparently he was abusing her, like banging her head against the wall, beating her up, slapping her. People on the bus. Mm -hmm. Mind you, there's a bus full of people. Right. Also, this I also have to shout out this one white girl that's sitting here and minding her business. She didn't mean she didn't say anything or do anything. Um, you're kind of a piece of trash because she was probably one of the closest people to her. She just put on her headphones to act like nothing was going on. Oh man, maybe that she maybe that's how she felt. Whatever. I mean, I can't yuck a yum or type of mind. 
Misha Battle, mm-hmm. uh, a young lady out of Baltimore, decided to step in mm-hmm. and, you know, was like, hey, you want to hit her? Hit me like you hit her. You know what I'm saying? And he and he's like, you know, the girl's name was Brianna. And she was like, Brianna, mm-hmm. you don't need him. You don't need this. You, mm-hmm. you know, he's a piece of trash. I was like, he not even, he don't even have, not only is he beating you up, he don't have no respect for you because he's going to do it mm-hmm. in front of everyone here on this bus. No dude stood up? No, no, guy no was like, Yo. nobody, no, that's, that's my thing. Nobody did it. It's this lady with two of her own small children. Mm-hmm. He wants to stand up and say everything mm-hmm. and break it up. And luckily, he, you know, the man got, got, he ended up getting off the bus. And, you know, it was a big brawl and, you know, screaming, going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And she just goes over there and tells her, Hey, Brianna, you know, I love you. You know, I don't know, I don't know what you've been going through. She was like, Because I've, I've, I've gone through the same thing. Mm-hmm. I've done this too. I was like, He was my baby father. Mm-hmm. I have two kids with him. I stayed with him way too long than I should have. He used to beat me up, bloody on my nose. I don't want to see you out here, you know, next minute I see you on here getting beat up, and then next I see you on the news, and, you know, you dead. And you're dead, and yeah. He was like, she was like, I had a friend. She did the same thing. I saw the baby with her and the, mm-hmm. um, and, um, the baby daddy. Next thing you know, I see the baby is killed by the baby daddy because Man. he's mad at her about something. Right. Like, anybody that would hit you is awful, and then anybody that really could do that in public, mm-hmm. they'll kill you. Mm-hmm. They'll just, mm-hmm. they will kill you without even thinking about. It. Wow, dang! You, know I mean? you you got to see that video if you if you're anybody. Um, Misha Battle. I think they're gonna start a GoFundMe for her. But mm-hmm. um, my pastor mm-hmm. uh, over in Maryland actually brought her in. To honor her at church mm-hmm. um, shortly after to, you know, recognize what she's doing. And, like, they started um, a GoFundMe for her because um, she uh, was recognized for her powerful and brave advocacy for another young lady who was being abused on the bus by her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Today, Misha Battle shared her dream at the church to be a social worker and open a facility that can be a safe haven for young women who Ooh. are drug addicted and are in abusive relationships. Okay. So, you know, it's been an outpouring of stuff. Like, even though with all of that wonderful stuff, there's also been a lot of negative people like, you recorded that. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's their business. Mm-hmm. Um, let's try to, you know circumvent a lot of that negative energy and just put a whole lot of positive towards her as well. Shout out to yeah. Battle of Baltimore. I mean, that accent was thick mm-hmm. on that recorded. Mm-hmm. She was amazing. Like, I was bawling crying, Joe. Like, bawling crying. Aww. I was like, oh my god. Dang, but still nobody was no, no And there, was, there were men on the bus. Uh, even, even the bus driver, he just he just locked himself and was like, yeah, I call MCA, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trash. It took, this, it took this lady with her small children. Mm-hmm. To step up. Oh, man. That's a lot. Dang. Dang. Joe, I'm, I'm going to send you that video. I'm telling you, you're going to be balling. <laughs> right? You're going to be like, 
Come on, I don't have time for the tears. I don't. I don't have time for tears. Right, the, right. That's why I avoid clean sugar. Like I can't. Do no, girl, oh my god, I am oh. not ready. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, but that's amazing. That's okay. my shout out. I, I'm sorry, I got so passionate about it because I was just like, oh. right. Oh, that's a lot. Well, we dang. In battle, I, they they submitted it to the Ellen Show, so. I don't know, because, you know, Ellen is, like, anti-cursing. She is. She's pretty selective. She tries yeah. to keep it all family-friendly. That's yeah. very true. But I feel like, you know, th- this is one of those things, like, b- beyond the, the verbiage is the message. Yeah. And and this girl, like, literally kept that girl from following that guy, because he was like, come on, Rihanna, let's go. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to see your kids? Like... Ooh. Oh, I wonder what the follow-up to that is. You know they probably I'm... live together. Hell yeah, they do. Mm. I hope it works they out. Call the police to make sure, and they and the police, of course, took forever. Well, yeah, yeah. Because that man could have been at home, then threw them kids out the window by now. True, true. So, but still, dang! I hope it worked out, and I, I'm I'm glad that she was on that bus. To do something at the very because, least. Because imagine if she wasn't, nobody else would have been there. Exactly. Exact. That's sad and crazy. But all yeah. Dang. Well, woo. Big ups to Misha then. That's amazing. Heck yeah. I'm sorry. Did you have another show? <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. so sorry. To follow that. Well. I know, no, right? no, no, no. <laughs> On to a lighter note. Right. <laughs> My last shout out was to Kenya Barris. Okay. He recently did an interview with, I want to say Essence. Mm-hmm. I want to say Essence, where he just, uh, he was still very careful about what he said about his recent separation from the Walt Disney Corporation. Mm-hmm. That's, that's who runs ABC. He talked about that blackish episode that got shelved, the one that talks about kneeling. Yeah. And then, not so curved words, he basically, he basically said that, you know, it was probably part of an agenda to appease this current administration. Like, they didn't want to put themselves on the line like that, which follows suit with a lot of decisions Disney has made recently. They recently fired a director who was an avid, and I mean avid and very vocal, uh, co- in the opposition of Trump. He talks about it all the time, and they've fired him from a project when um, the alt-right dug up some of his old past Twitter messages. Mind you, those Twitter messages from this, part- this particular director, eh, it, I, I kind of felt for Disney in one fact because they, they were horrible. They were talking about pedophilia. They were talking about all kinds of just distasteful, terrible things that should happen oh, wow. to women and children. But he, at the time, he said he considered himself to be like a shock, a shock comedian or something. Yeah. And he knows that that was in distaste, but they had an amazing fuel to add to that fire of getting him gone. So, but all that to say, Kenya Barris finally spoke out on what he's, why he actually left, like how he kind of felt trapped. And I feel it relates to our topic. Our topic this week is still on, Mm -hmm. we're doing our series of what you got to do. Doing what you got to do. Exactly. Uh, Especially, particularly in the workplace. And for him, he felt he did all he could within that workspace mm-hmm. and he needed to he needed to go he needed to leave and he did and now he's working with netflix who is very liberal and very freeing so in does, regards does to what black they can do go with him or no black is just still owned by walt disney co 
He's the creator, but he doesn't own the show. So somebody else will be at the helm for that. Yikes. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. That'll be terrible. I also wonder what that means for Blackish. Blackish is also owned by Walt Disney. Or not Blackish, Grownish. Yeah. Because that's also well, owned by I Walt Disney. Like Co. That, that, that doesn't actually have to. Like, Grownish could morph into its own thing. Like, mm-hmm. because it's not really focused on like Black experience all the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, the Black, Blackish, first of all, it needs the person at the helm of that needs to be a Black person. Mm hmm. And it would be very strange if, like, well, and and I mean a very specific type of black person. I'm not talking about, you know, Ben Carson or Paris, Armorosa. <laughs> you know, not those kinds of blacks. So, I'm always confused as to what the difference between a showrunner and a director of an episode is. Like, what is a showrunner like a consistent producer or something that's like they're always attached to the project? Whereas the director, you can switch out of the episodes here and there. Uh, I I have to look up like the actual definition, but yeah, something to that effect. Because Black just has white directors to run their episodes, but those are directors, which means the story's already down, mm-hmm. and they've already casted who they wanted to cast, and this is literally just somebody to come in and help run the story. So. Yeah, directors really focus on the acting part of it. Hmm. I think showrunners really focus on like how the show is as a whole is yeah is okay run really right versus episode to episode so mm-hmm. but we'll see with the the season coming up i think he did half of it and then the, the later half of it is it's no longer with his participation okay but he's still getting the created by credit as he okay. should hell yeah but he won't be, you know, a part of any of the new stories going forward for Blackish if there's new stories going forward. Because that kind of a move, you unfortunately, it could mean like we're coming to an end of an era. So, and Blackish just got syndication, so it's going to be all over, like you know, your local channels and BET and other stations. So, okay, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. So yeah, but I wanted to. Give I a wish they would leak that leak that that um. Kneeling episode. I don't know how it could get leaked. Disney is like a fortress. I, I don't know. know how we're getting it. I don't know how it would get leaked. But I also wonder if he's just going to use that as fuel for his Netflix property. So he's, yeah. he's got a nice contract going with Netflix. Mm-hmm. And he even gave props to Shonda uh, Rhimes. He gave what? props to her for basically for paving the way. Doing mm-hmm. what she had to do in the workplace to get her shows off the ground. We saw that with Grey's Anatomy. Right. If you remember Grey's Anatomy, depending on how old you are when it started, because it's, it's been gone for a decade, if not longer. It's like, I swear, it's like the Dragon Ball Z of, like, television. It's the Dragon Ball <laughs> It's the Dragon Ball Z it of television. on and on. It's nonstop. Very true. On. And I just feel like we're still in the same hospital room. We kind of, well, kind of are, but we, but I got to give Shonda Rhimes credit where credit's due. She wrote this at a time where you couldn't really have a lot of black leads at the forefront of a project and have it picked up. Right. So she, she just transitioned them. Jokes she right did. In? She snuck, she, she just put them right on in there. So she started it out with like, oh yeah, of course, we're going to follow the formula of all these white people problems. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to slowly introduce these other characters and then slowly make these other characters really annoying so you don't pay attention to them anymore. We're going to focus more on these people of color. Mm-hmm. 
So I got to give her credit. And then that gave her room to create scandal and then create how to, how to get away with murder. And I guess that's why, uh, was it Christian Heigl's mother was out here acting a straight fool, like you said. Christian Heigl? Yeah. Is that, Who's, no, Christian Catherine. Oh, I was like, who is Christian Heigl? No, no. <laughs> Christian Catherine, same thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> Catherine Heigl. Unfortunately, I want to like Katherine Heigl. I've been watching this stuff forever, but she is the worst. Yes, I mean, and a lot of people complain about her. Yeah, that she's, you know, she was getting, and Shonda was complaining about her. Yeah, she was like, you know, she was getting mad because she was like, oh, you like almost like, oh, you're bringing in people like you. That's yeah, you know, because she felt like she was supposed to be the star of that show. Well, she knew Meredith was because that—that's how it started. But when Meredith started to, or what is her face? I forget the actress's name. It's like Ellen something. Mm-hmm. But the, when the actresses needed to step back of her due to her pregnancy, that's when we got more of Katherine Heigl's character in the series. Yeah, and I—I I, I felt Shonda in that she gave her her space to evolve as a character. No shade of Katherine Heigl, but she is kind of limited in um, expression on her face. So what? she's like the Kristen Stewart of television. Stewart, <laughs> <laughs> right? Where you're just like, how did you get here? Okay, yeah, yeah. Is okay. it the blonde white thing? Like, I don't understand. So I, I just like a, maybe it's a lot of inner monologue. My thing is, if it was, if you did feel like you had this huge talent and she wasn't giving it to you, and then you made the decision to leave, she made the decision to leave the show. Nothing happened after that. She did like a couple of movies, and that was it. She tried to do a series here and there. Yeah. Nothing really picked up. She did a bunch of indie stuff, but they nothing said really her, picked up. They said her mother is awful. She's awful. awful. Manager. I believe it. I believe it. She's awful. She's had, there's been repeated, unfortunately, there's been repeated reports of her on many different sets on all, all of them saying that she's just terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, at some point, if you got to start looking at what you're doing. So, you know. Right. So. At some point, but you know. <sighs> back to the shout out. So shout yes. out to Catherine Heigl. <laughs> shout out to Catherine Heigl. <laughs> no, right? Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> taking it back from Catherine Heigl. But definitely to Mr. Barris. I wish yeah. him all the best of luck. I can't wait to see what he's going to do for Netflix. Because mm-hmm. Netflix has no rules. So you can be as divisive as you want to be. As long as you're leftist. They're not interested in righteousness. You know what? That's really true, too. Mm-hmm. You're right. There's not too many. And Hillary is a liar. And this is a documentary. Right. That's very true. They so yeah, they, they're very liberal leading. That's very true. Heck yeah. So I he, think the the most um right leaning was that Ashton Kutcher show that was on there and it is trash. It is trash. And then one of their actors uh got they had to let him go because of the scandal that came out that he had been, you know, raping co-stars. So Oh. Yeah, no. So that definitely added fuel to that of uh, let's let this go situation. Yeah. Raping co-stars is never, like, really that great of a thing. Ashton Kutcher is another actor who I want to like, but who I think gets in his own way a lot. A lot, a lot. Uh Uh-huh. Because he's funny. He's funny. I loved him in that 70s show. He's got a knack. I think he's a niche actor. Agreed. Agreed. He's good at playing the goofy, funny white dude. He's good at that. 
when he takes on serious roles, you're like, no, this is still the goofy, funny white guy. I don't know why he's Yeah, that just went into the butterfly effect. I was like, what's happening? I lo- you know what? I love the butterfly effect, but I also love that it wasn't all around him. So, like, even though yeah, he's technically the say. star, they, like, divvied that up. There was yeah. <laughs> but he did a, um, a spy flick. He was supposed to take over the Mission Impossible franchise from Tom Cruise. I'm, I'm glad that Tom was like, over my dead body. <laughs> I will do over this my, until I die. Over my five foot dead body. Right? <laughs> if five that, I might. 110 pound dead body. I might be a, a, a smooth 4'11. We never know. Right. Never know. But that's going to be a hell no for me, dog. Right? Like, and then he did that um, Bill Gates. No, not Bill Gates. What's, his other, what's the other guy's name? The Apple founder. Oh, yeah. What's the Apple founder's name? I can't even think of it. But he did the documentary for that, and it bombed terribly. Steve Jobs. Yes, Steve Jobs. (laughs) My fiance is like, what the? Why don't you know this? (laughs) Listen here, fiance. No. (laughs) I'm not an Apple nerd. Right, right. But no, yeah, he did that Steve Jobs documentary and it didn't do well. And then he kind of like kept that persona. And there was a whole thing where he did an MTV movie movie award and tried to give like an inspirational speech (laughs) and like the in the in like lieu of Steve Jobs type of way. And it just came off terrible. Just like, um, baby girl, baby girl. Right, right. Do we we need to have a a, a conversation about (laughs) Lane? Right, right. It's it's cool. It's cool to know when you can cross and when you cannot. Right. I think he. Wa- I think he really wanted to do like a Jim Carrey. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? I really got that vibe from him. You know, like he wants. You know how Jim Carrey has kind of transitioned to even more serious acting. Mm-hmm. But it took Jim Carrey a long, kind of time. Okay? It did. It did. I think he's like fifty. Right, he's in his fifties. He's yeah, he's he's, he's in his in mid his to late fifties. And I mean, I think his first serious, more serious movie was that movie where he like lost his memory or something like that. I forgot. No, that was that, that was the majestic. That was after the Truman Show was his first. Okay, but still, you get what I'm saying. The Truman Show still had like a sense of comedy. It which did. Is his, you know, which is his base. And yes. so even that, even this new show that came, is coming out or whatever, it's still mm-hmm. it's still along those lines of that Truman Show. Like yeah. that alternate reality type, yeah. Thing. Like to you know, like that sense of duality of like the seriousness of life and like this dark comedy. It's dark, right. but it's yes. comedy, right? And I just don't feel like he's picked the right projects in order to really do that because I think he could do something like that. I really do. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about Finn Ashton Fitcher? Okay. <laughs> we spiraled into a conversation about it. We don't see each other every day anymore. Okay, no, I know. To, to deal with like, it. <laughs> Still deal with it. But I also would argue Jim Carrey is more talented than Ashton Kutcher. So I mean, of course. But I feel like it's it was also a developed talent. Agreed. I mean Agreed. I mean Ashton Kutcher has gotten to be rich for like a really long time because he was rich from young. Right. You know, Jim Carrey's story is that he was still like on the streets when living color was yeah. Coming out. Yeah, he was so, still living in his car. Yeah. And he was like in his thirties then. That's true. He so, was. And he had a couple of movies under his belt and everything and he was still still making that hustle. True. Yeah. And he has like 
you know, his life isn't like as streamlined as Ashton Kutcher. Like, I got all my kids with this one lady. Like, Jim mm-hmm. Carrey got kids a few different places. Like, you know, what I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like, like Jim Carrey. That's the funny thing about it. And I would say that uh, Jim Carrey has got a little bit of a a, a more colored experience. Agreed. Agreed. Know? I think that yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he's been around colored people for a very yeah. long period of time. Yeah. They helped make his career. I uh, was it Bill Maher. Some, no, it wasn't Bill Maher. It was one of them late night shows with the guy okay. with glasses. And uh-huh. he came on there. And I was like, hey, how you doing, James? He's like, yeah, I'm doing good. They're good. He put <laughs> his feet on there. He's like, got me a fresh pair of Nikes. <laughs> yeah. Mine stock. Got me, I bought everyone in my whole family Nikes. <laughs> I was like, I, listen, I've loved Jim Carrey for a mm-hmm. long period of time. Mm-hmm. And that just took me out. I'll just start crying. Like, <laughs> I don't know, you, know, you know how he smiles with like his whole mouth? Yes, that extra wide smile. Oh, yeah. I got these fresh pair of Nikes. Yeah, he he is. He, he's just crazy multi-talented. And I love that he just does not give a fuck about our president and paints things to show that. <laughs> he does not. I was like, he's so obviously like, like he has had like a really colored experience. Right. Like, Ashton Kutcher, I feel like he wants to, but I feel like that's the thing about acting is the more experience you have you know, and unfortunately, a lot of the negative experiences you have mm-hmm. is the more you have to pull from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you so much more dynamic and like reach so many more people, which is what the fuck acting is supposed to do. It's supposed right. to be entertaining and reach the masses. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Why are we talking about this? We need to move on to the <laughs> It's so important already, in our lives, guys. Yes, yeah, so that's gonna wrap it up for our, our intro. A nice <laughs> lengthy uh, thirty-minute intro. intro. Yes, we'll be moving on to Shay Nanigans after this. Oh my god! Bye. Hey, it's Shay Cherie, and if you're looking for something funny to see on the internet, check out Shay Cherie Show on everything: Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat. Make sure you check out Shay Cherie Show. Right on into Shane-anigans. What's going Ooh, on, Shane? Shane-anigans. All right. So um, <laughs> I wanted to recap this crazy story that happened to me um, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little Shane-anigans story. I'll probably be definitely putting it out on Twitter for more a more detailed view. But um, I was recently uh, a live studio member on a CMT show. Uh, down here in uh, Nashville. Mm-hmm. And, uh, woo! I, you ever see those, uh, those black people at um, Trump rallies? And stuff? <laughs> you, you know, any anything like that, or you know, any shows that use a a person of color as you know as to show some diversity. That's kind of what I was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was very, very interesting. Uh, please follow me on Instagram and Twitter to if you'd like to hear more about my time at CMT Alive. Okay? Yes. So, shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> now, on to pop culture, Colder Sack. Let's talk about how the Weather Channel has been lying to us. 
Oh, yes. Uh, we'll probably put this on the Twitter like in a minute uh, if you have not seen it. And I, and I just actually showed it to Joe. Yeah. So, <laughs> but apparently, you know, the hurricane has been out here afflicting Carolinas uh, and southern Georgia. And uh, I believe it's turning to kind of a tropical storm. A bad one if you're like definitely living on a coastal area, but other than that, it's just probably pretty heavy rain. Mm-hmm. But uh, not according to this Weather Channel reporter from um, Weather Channel, he uh, was out there in his windbreaker with his feet uh, firmly planted into wavering grass. <laughs> you know, speaking into the mic like it is. It is a torrential rainfall and wind speeds of over 60 miles per hour. (laughs) He's reporting this. And as he's doing this, the camera zooms out. And yes, it is raining pretty badly. uh, And the grass is moving about. But shortly after, you see two people walk by in jeans. Mm-hmm. In shorts, short pants, and breakers, <laughs> casually just walking like to the corner store or to anything like that. Yes. it's rainy, but it's it's definitely it's blowing this man halfway over. But these two are just casually crossing the street. Um, I don't know who's gonna get fired. Uh, <laughs> whether it's the reporter for straight up lying. Or the cameraman for making the Weather Channel look like it's been lying by zooming out. <laughs> Either way, you know, it makes us definitely question what the hell the Weather Channel's got going on over there. Um, I, I I don't I don't know I don't know what's happening I don't know. <laughs> I showed it to Joe. Joe, what are you what are you thinking about? The video is hysterical. Honestly, <laughs> it just. Because he makes it look like, oh, he is facing these elements to get you the story. Right. It is like he's so hardcore. And, and like and like Shay said, you see two people <laughs> leisurely. Like, it, like it's an afternoon. Like, we're going to get some snacks from Whole Foods. You want to come? Right. Great. It's, oh, it's a little rainy. So wear your windbreaker. Uh, hilarious. And if you read, like, the articles that uh, the Weather Channel put out to, like, support their weatherman. It was just like, well, he was on the grass mm. and those other individuals were on pavement. So apparently that makes a big difference as to whether or not you can withstand the wind blowing um, at you. That means absolutely hilarious. Hysterical and hilarious. That sounds like nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But it does feed into the fake news narrative. So there you go. <laughs> That's crazy. That is- <laughs> That is insane. Uh, so uh, now it's making me look at like, I mean, I, I don't know about anybody else, but this made me question like every single, um, you know, any news weather channel that I've ever seen, like of all this torrential downpour of rain. Like, I just wonder like if the only difference between this shoot and the other one is the fact that the cameraman zoomed out. Right. I mean, like, I feel like that's a message about life. Like, it might seem bad, Mm -hmm. but zoom out. You know, it might not be that bad. Right? (laughs) It's a message. It's a message. It's a good message. I need to get a shirt that says zoom out. Right? Right? 
if my puppy all that serious, right? <laughs> zoom, zoom out. Be like the Weather Channel man and zoom out, y'all. Okay. <laughs> zoom out. Things you will should. be all right. You should do I'm, that. I'm about to put that on the shirt. Hey, don't nice. take my idea. <laughs> Love y'all, but don't take my idea. Yeah, so that's what's happening. Um, quick question. If the parents aren't married, should the baby get the mom or the dad's last name? Ooh, I think that depends on the parents. So are, are the parents a couple? If they are, are they, they just have a baby. That that this is a question that's been posed on the shade room, and um, it has caused a whole lot of you know, you know all kinds of answers, all kinds of answers. Like whoever paying the most money, <laughs> a tight or you know that kind of thing. If he's a ball player, yeah, mm-hmm. he gets the last name. Does the last name really matter though? Because now that we got science, it does, I don't think it matters what kind of last name you got. They right. still gonna look at that DNA. Yeah, that's true. But I guess you know it depends on who you know who has got the cloud. I guess I mean because mm. if you can think about, I, I know Zoe Saldana had a she her whole family changed their last name to Saldana because I believe that that was you know there's no men in or anything in her family. Okay. And they're scared that their last name is going to, like, be gone or something like that. Okay. And so that's why everyone did it. But, you know, they're married, so. Right. I guess that doesn't matter. But I'm wondering, like, if they weren't married and they just had kids, would she be like, all right, so my kids Mm -hmm. are going to be some, some, still not. Well, I mean, because some people do do that. I want to say another celebrity couple did it that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Where they would put it in, yeah. But so, I don't know. Yeah. So on to baby mamas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nia Guzman reportedly claims the increase in child support that she's seeking from Chris Brown is to protect royalty from his fans. Now, if you haven't heard about what's going on, mm-hmm. Nia is the um, the child, the the mother of uh, royalty Brown. Okay. Mind you, she she was married when she had when she had this child with this other person. I mean, details very very easily when it made that child name royalty brown. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. So um, I believe it's reported that she's asking for um, uh, right now. Nia is receiving like twenty five hundred dollars a month for royalty, an additional four thousand a month. For a nanny. Okay. And currently she's seeking around 250k a month. Okay. Now, does it cost like 250k to like a month to to take care of a kid? Well, I mean, I think I think it's they also want to be within the the means that they are living, you know, they balling and out of control right now. Mm-hmm. So I could see why she's like, "Yes." I need all of this for the private tutors, the private instructors. But she's saying she needed to protect her from his fans. So security is security or something. Yeah, that could be security. That's not cheap. At least secured vehicles for when they travel. Because I'm honestly, I'm very surprised Chris Brown still has fans. To be honest, really, I am. That he still has money like that. Well, that he still has money like that, I can see. Because he did a lot of work. There's residuals, all of that. 
but that he still has hardcore fans like that, given everything that he's done and continues to do. Um, I just, I find it very interesting that there's still no separation, that they're just like, well, you know. Oh my gosh. Because we're, we're past the point of he's still learning. It's it's not like he's not. He's decided he's not going to, <laughs> to learn. Right. Period. I, you know, but. listen, he's been, Chris Brown has been minding his business for the most part for, okay. for, for the past few months. We haven't heard any, like, you know, he hasn't been in the headlines. Didn't he get arrested at his concert somewhere like not too long ago? Because he had an outstanding warrant in that town and they picked him up right at the concert. Everybody got warrants. Everybody got warrants. <laughs> that warrant could have that warrant could have been for weed. And he, he probably was he probably like was uh playing was um had a show or somewhere in the Bible belt and was was smoking weed and they mm-hmm. got a warrant out for him and he never went in. Uh, went to court for it because that happens a lot of times. I mean, that mm-hmm. happened to Meek Mill. That's why I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is this is a little ridiculous, y'all. It's ridiculous, <laughs> you know. Because I mean, when I think about it, you know, you know, you think about a lot of these entertainers like live in California, where we despise, mm-hmm. and then they have to go and you know do a concert in in Atlanta, okay, where weed is not fine, okay. So you know you can get warrants, but we don't know what it what it's for. But I I'm wondering about this 250k, <laughs> 250. I mean, right? I I don't know. I don't I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah. I don't think that's unreasonable. You think 250 thousand dollars a month is good for what Chris Brown makes? Yeah, he's gonna be on tour for the rest of his life, bro. He's gonna be on. T- <laughs> For two hundred fifty k, he did, he makes more than that in one evening. Hmm. Concert sales alone would cover that. I don't think it's super out of his pocket. I don't know. I think it's reasonable. She's raising the, his baby. How how this baby got here? Understandable. But... Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, she's kind of trash too. Like both of these people are. I feel bad for the baby, really. Honestly. <laughs> honestly honestly but, i just feel bad for the children I, I don't think she's she's out of uh out, speaking out of her depth to ask for that whether she'll get it or not because that still has to go through whatever those legal channels <laughs> the courts, are right who the knows be like okay girl but what what do you say all the time shay shoot for the shoot for the stars or no shoot, shoot for the for moon, the moon and you'll land like, the i guess that's what's happening right now i guess that's what's happening right now um and so, uh, on to the next topic, my my next part of the pop culture colder side. I definitely didn't introduce it this time. Y'all, y'all know what it is. Anyway. <laughs> um, <clears throat> against all odds, I, I guess against all the people that have been cutting off their Nike checks off of their knee stocks, um, mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick ad sends the stock prices through the roof. So they were saying that we're going to bankrupt. No. Actually, what you did <laughs> well, was I mean, make it amazing. I think what they felt was like, ooh, let's go get this. I feel like they purchased stuff to burn it for those videos. Right. I don't think they were burning things they already had. I think they went and bought fresh stuff to make it look like we don't care, but still put all that money into Nike's pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, 
Oh, black the backlash. Hilarious. The backlash. <laughs> so yeah, it did a, a strange dip. They were like, oh, it's already dipping now. And you know, the stock market, you know, the Nike stocks dip. It's it's the stock market. Yeah, it, it dips. dips because it's Tuesday. <laughs> right. Okay. It's dips all the time. Yep. So now it's up. It's up. The shares are up. I really wish it, I would have bought some shares when it dipped. Mm-hmm. I need to go buy some shares. Hey, so if, if you're a supporter of this um, Just Do It Colin Kaepernick campaign, mm-hmm. more than just, try and do more than just buy Nike. I mean, listen, buying Nikes is dope. I've never personally had a pair of Jordans or Harachis, and I'm probably going to be purchasing that for my birthday and Christmas this year. Oh, nice. I think everybody, I think that uh, all my family and friends, that's what they're getting from me this year. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will all be stepping out into our, you know, kitchens for Thanksgiving and our <laughs> You know, people get dressed up for the holidays to be in the house. Right, right. So weird to me. Just dressing up to be in the home. I like it. It's for like in case of pictures. Right. <laughs> In case of photos. You never know when a photo comes drop. Right, exactly. But also it was it was a way to show out, to be like, yes, we take it seriously. Where are your things? Right. Exactly. So um so this this should be interesting. Uh uh I'm I'm still applauding Nike. I mean, yes, it was people like, well, you know, it's it's not just for it's not just for Colin Kaepernick. It was an obvious business move. It was just, you know, they're not thinking about black lives or blah, blah, blah. I was like, uh, be that as it may. It made, it, it brought Black Lives Matter to the forefront. It did. And for that, I'm grateful. That is true. It really, I mean, front what exactly and center. Do I think that Nike can do. Mm hmm. Other than put their money where their mouth is, and that's what they did. So, shout out to Nike. Everyone's getting Nikes. I should get. Oh, I should make like Nike, like gift bag or give gifts for my bridal party with like. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Oh, that would be cute. Okay, so have like a Nike like dress, uh, not like dress rehearsal, but like the. What's the rehearsal dinner? Like mm-hmm. everybody wear your best Nikes. That'd be awesome. And that all you want to take like a like a dope picture. Yes. Oh! Yes. That'd yeah, be awesome. We don't talk enough, Joe. Man, see, we, this is the kind of conversations we would have had like at work. See, see, I I love it. I love a whole ath- like athleisure type yeah. of theme. Yes. It's yes. Really, but you got on. You know, I mean, Nike's still expensive, so it's like. Like you got on two hundred dollars worth of uh, clothing. <laughs> no, there are there are things called the Nike outlet. Okay, yes, okay, Nike you don't have outlet. to go ham. Okay, on it. So it'll be a hundred dollars. <laughs> yes, yes, but it'll be towards a great cause. It'll be a great listen. I've spent two hundred dollars on terrible things. I see, see, Nike. <laughs> I will invest two hundred dollars exactly. I will invest of my Instacart money. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Insta- Instacart needs to sponsor me, man. I'm telling you. Right. I'm doing a hell of a lot of business for them. <laughs> so put it out there hell of a in lot. the universe. Yes. So that wraps it up for Pop Culture Culture Sack for me, Joe. All right. Let's uh, kick it on over to 
the Curvy Geeky Fangirl Kwana. All right. Hey there, lovelies. This is Joe, aka the Curvy Geeky Fangirl. And if you want more Curvy Geeky Fangirl, you can find me all over the place, like Instagram, Twitter, my own podcast, fanbros.com, and of course, my website, curvygeekyfangirl.com. All right, we're moving into my corner. Curvy yes, Fangirl the Corner. Geek, the Curvy Geeky Fangirl Corner. What you got to say on the geek front, Joe? On the geek, I like that. On the geek front, that's what hey. you're <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's, it's that's a lot of. I'm learning. I feel like there's a lot of freedom out here. Fresh air, fresh brain. Get these kids. creativeness flowing. Sounds Come on, good. Creative juices are flowing. <laughs> oh, anyway, we'll talk about that off air. But I was gonna tell you something. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is that. Okay. That is All right. So it's actually been a busy week in the geek spectrum. We heard about the Candyman reboot that is in the works. Candyman, if you don't know, was a horror series that came out in the, I want to say the late 80s. Oh, the Candyman with the black guy? Yes. Oh, hell no. I'm not watching that. (laughs) So in case you didn't know, Candyman is basically a story around a boogeyman type-esque person. Mythos, basically. But it's based on somebody who was a slave- who yeah. fell in love with a white person who's like maybe the miss I don't, I don't know if she was the mistress of the house or was the daughter of the master something of that nature mm-hmm. and so to punish this character what they did was they whipped him with an inch of his life and then smeared his wounds in honey and let the bees get him basically what? and that's how he became the candy man because of the honey and whatnot. Ugh. All and for so Darren's what, so love kills, white woman. He kills white people? Like he kills, kills anybody, basically. So he becomes like a boogeyman. And he he chooses somebody to haunt or stalk and ends up murdering them. And it's, it goes all over the place. He just works as a, big, a boogeyman of sorts. Oh, man. So, Who of course... They play it? Well, so they, ha- so they haven't announced casting or anything. It's just been like, hey, we're thinking of restarting this project. We'd like to do it on a different spiel. Because the way the Candyman series ran, it wasn't the same creator behind it. Like the guy who created the first movie also directed it, but then he had nothing to do with the sequels. And there was like four sequels for Candyman. So he feels Candyman never got the right sequel that he felt it should have had. But the person who signed aboard to be a producer for the film is what got a lot of people talking because that was Jordan Peele. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I heard about this of get out fame i find it very hard to believe that jordan would jump onto this project and be like yeah we can keep the exact same mythos 
This is fine. Black guy is scary. White woman is good. This sounds great. I'll go ahead and do oh, this. Oh, no. This is going to be something else. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something totally different. Uh, he's shown that he is really good at mixing in conversations around race mm-hmm. and prejudice. And I feel like he's going to take so long with it, though. That's the only thing. I, I don't mean, know that he would take long with it. Because Get Out, apparently, you know, I felt like that was coming out, for, mm-hmm. you know, and he talked about, like, that was a really, that took years to But do. that was his project. Get Out, he wrote yeah. and directed and produced. Yeah. He would just be a producer for Candyman. Oh, he would just be producing it. Though. Yeah. He but would be he writing would also it. also probably want to change, like, the, like, what it looks like, right? The origin, hopefully. Yeah. I'm hope well because the, the so the original director from the, the original creator of Candyman is on board. I would hope him and and Peel have had conversations where Peel's like, yeah, uh, this was problematic. Just so you know, like there yeah, was a like I'm we got to change this. This we got right, <laughs> right. This is got to be changed. I would hope the conversations would happen, but of course, Black Twitter especially, there was a lot of feelings of like, why the hell would we bring this back now? Now. Right now, as crazy as things are in the real world, we're going to have a story about a black man who idolized a white woman and died for it. Great. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. But no, but I mean, with Peel on board, it makes me feel better. Candyman scared the shit out of me as a kid. That, that movie was terrifying. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do to shake it up or change it or how they're, because there's obviously going to be some sort of updates made because they, they cannot create the film as it is. And just keep it moving. So, I mean, I have hope. If Peel's attached, I have hope. If Peel drops, then no hope. But right now, he's still attached to the project. Okay. They don't have a cast in place. I think they they very barely have a story in place. So, it's very, very early days. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. I'll but this, be excited. It's, it looks... It look, I mean, so this is off the... It's going to be done by Bloom House, which is the people who helped him do Get Out. Okay. Bloom House has been killing it in the horror department lately. They've been doing a really good job. Uh, I don't know if they're behind the Halloween remake, but so like uh, the reason they're talking about Candyman is because of the positive received or reviews that we've been getting for the Halloween remake. So they're bringing Halloween back too. That's Jason. Oh, is it? That's not Jason Voorhees. No, it's Michael. It's Michael Myers. It's a horror series with, I can't even think of her name, but it basically made her a scream queen. Jamie Lee Curtis. That's her name. Okay, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Halloween started out as a psychological thriller. It was yeah. about, like, basically mental health, essentially. Mm-hmm. If you watch the original from the 70s, if you like scary movies, because it will scare you. There's murder. Yeah. But it's really good, and it still holds up. Like, it's amazing what they mm-hmm. did. The sequels, not so much. Buster Rhymes got into one of the sequels. Yeah, I know about that. I think that was like Halloween 2.0 or something. Or to a screen type. It did. It got real crazy. But uh, Jamie Lee Lee Curtis is back, which is always good. Mm -hmm. And it already hit the indie circuits and it's been killing it Mm -hmm. everywhere. So it's going to be coming out in theaters next month in time for Halloween. Oh. So we're going to get ready. I would like to see who do you think they would cast as the Candyman? Ooh. So the original. Who do you want to cast? I would love it to be similar to what they had for the original. I can't think of his real name. I'm going to go look up this cast. Todd something. The original Candyman was this very, yeah, Tony Todd. He was yeah. this statuesque guy. And mm-hmm. Tony Todd has a Shakespearean, a Shakespearean background. 
And yeah. you could see it in the film, like the way he held himself, how he chose to talk for that character. It held up. It was yeah, amazing. It has, to, it has to be someone that you can tell was probably grew up, you know, was alive during the era of slavery. Mm, okay. So you know, rebellious. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Super rebellious. This was oh, a but character like, who, who could read. Who in modern day? Ooh, if you had to pick a modern day. A modern day. Well, eventually, like as the sequels went on, Candyman kind of became an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. So who would I pick? The easy option is Eldris Alba, but I don't think he's going to do it. An uh, easy pick for me would be Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel Jackson? Really? Samuel L. Jackson or, um, you know, what's his name? But when he was in his younger days, though. So I'm thinking about him in his younger days. And um, what's his name? The guy that plays the 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 grandpa on um, Blackish. Oh yes, Lawrence you Fishburne. Him in his younger days, like school days, right. days, he would have been perfect <laughs> for that. Like, I don't think oh, you've seen Candyman. That's what, you're what? you don't think he would? No, like when he's not funny. You know, when like, he's you not remember- funny. You remember when he was in in school days? In school days, Lawrence Fishburne was Lawrence Fishburne is naturally a very lean, thin, skinny guy. But how they shot him, he was like bigger and, and you know militant looking and everything. Okay, so that's why I'm talking about maybe you know because it all depends on how you shoot them. I mean, I, for the longest time, I really thought that that uh, uh, what's his name, Tom Cruise was like the fastest sprinter uh, on earth and was pretty tall. (laughs) All of those things were lies. (laughs) Right? Right? That's true. That is true. You could be like, yo, he's like six something. And then they're like, no, he's like five. Vin Diesel too. I thought he was a huge person. And when I found out that he's like five, seven smooth. If that. Yeah. Yeah. 120 pounds soaking wet. Nah. Well, so Tony Todd is 6'5". So he literally towered over all of his castmates. And it added to that character of Candyman because he was ginormous. He was ginormous. He's not that tall. The guy that plays, um, what you call it, uh, Luke Cage. Oh, no, yeah. Well, I think he's at least 6'1". But yeah, he could. That might have been good. That might be good. Look, listen, we're giving casting ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Give these casting ideas. We need our thing. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. That yeah, I mean he would be good. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. I could see him. But also, um, oh, of course I can't. The guy who does Black Dynamite. Do you know what I'm talking about? Black Dynamite. He's a martial art master. Michael J. White. Michael J. White. But he's but he's not tall. You're right. But he's big. So I could see them just hiring smaller people. Okay. So you need somebody with rock like height. Rock like height, or at least rock like build, because Tony, Tony Todd and Candyman he likes rock to play him though. No, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> no. It wouldn't make sense. But... It would be confusing. True. So yeah. So I mean, that's still in the works. We'll see. Or even if they get a no name, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That would be cool. So we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. Uh, the other big news of the week was that the DC streaming service finally launched. Oh. Still. DC wanted to make sure they were the, I don't want to say wanted to make sure, but they were pretty positive. They were going to be the first like production house to get their own streaming service. They wanted to beat Marvel to the punch because Marvel's tied in with Walt Disney mm-hmm. and their streaming service won't launch for a while. Okay. So they made it a huge deal. They launched it on September 15th, which is just yesterday. Ooh. It was supposed to be for Batman day. Who even knew that that day was Batman day? 
sense. You did, if you didn't know, Joe, it did not exist. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, uh-uh, because this is my job, and I ain't know. Right. It don't exist. You made Was this, this always Batman Day? Like, when did this happen? This so. is y'all day at y'all job. Right? <laughs> right. At DC. Okay. Okay. But also, I'm not a huge DC head, so also I'm not following it like that but yeah so they they made it a big deal they dropped it and it's just okay it's just okay people were having login issues as you would when it's a brand brand new thing yeah um it's eight bucks a month or if you want to pay 75 bucks a year Mm -hmm. you can do that too it's very limited in its content so it's got a lot of stuff that isn't currently in distribution hell basically so uh, like because there's a lot of deals with like netflix and fx and other cable streaming companies that have the rights to other DC properties, like the TV shows and the films, mm-hmm. that they have to work to try and get back. So basically, they put out what they have currently. So it's random series, like The Adventures of Superboy. I didn't know there was a live-action Superboy series that ran in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Old Wonder Woman from, like, the 70s. Yeah. A bunch of animated series. None of their new content is out at all. That's not happening to October. And even when it does come out, it's, they're doing it week to week. So you won't be able to binge. It's literally just going to be one episode per week. Mm-hmm. Lame. But it's out. But it's out. And a lot of people are hype. A lot of people are excited for the future of it. Because right now, it's, it's like bare minimum. But it's reasonable. So eight bucks a month isn't bad. If you're a diehard fan, you want to do a full year. It's 75 a year. Which I think is a little much. But whatever. That's okay. Neither here nor there. So that happened. Also, uh, there was talks about Henry Cavill dropping out as Superman for the DCEU series, which was bigger news. So the rumor mill came because of a, the Hollywood Reporter article. Supposedly they had a source close to WB, Warner Brothers Studios, talking about how they were no longer going to focus on Superman and instead focus on Supergirl. Okay. Supposedly there's, yeah, supposedly there's uh, talks about focusing on Supergirl and introducing her into the fray. They already have a TV series that's running on CW right now that does pretty good. Mm-hmm. But the news of Henry Cavell no longer being Superman sent just people into their feelings, being dramatic as hell. Articles were dropping out about how this was the worst decision ever made by Warner Brothers. Mind you, Warner Brothers never said that this was like an official statement. This was all rumor the entire time. So, yeah, people were just really upset that there might not be a Henry Cavill Superman. And then they got even more upset when the speculation included the fact that Warner Brothers was looking for Michael B. Jordan. Jordan to be, yeah. Yeah, to be Superman. A black Superman does exist in D.C. Then D.C. canon, there is a black Superman. His name is Calvin Ellis because all black people are named Calvin in comics. Yes. And in real life. And in real life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh and yeah so there's an all like dc universe they deal with alternate earths so you have like earth one versus earth 216 type of deal mm-hmm. and on one of those earths there is a black superman he's also the president of the united states i don't think it was coincidental that he this also all came out when barack obama was in office so right so that exists but a lot of people were like no this can't be, and just being like, and then it didn't help that Cavill took to Instagram or Twitter and posted the most cryptic message ever. Like, it's literally him staring at the camera, deadpan look, 
and a t-shirt that says Krypton team, like for like gym team, basically. Mm-hmm. And then he slowly brings in a Superman figure into the frame and then ducks it back out of frame and ends the video. And people were like, what's happening? This, this didn't answer anything. This didn't answer anything. There's some people that think that all of this hype around him dropping out and the War- and Warner Brothers kind of veering away from Superman as a whole is a contract negotiation tactic on Cavill's part to get Warner Brothers to realize how important he is to the franchise and maybe mm-hmm. maybe meet some demands of his. Yeah. Or whatever. Maybe. My thing is, I don't think we're going to miss him all that much. I mean, we're going to miss... We're going to miss Superman. We're going to miss the character Superman. But every movie that Cavill has been a part of in regards to the DC universe, they've all been received poorly. Man of Steel was his first one with split reviews to terrible reviews. Batman versus Superman was the second one. Terrible reviews across the board. Third one was Justice League. Also terrible reviews across the board. So I don't think that anybody's going to miss him playing no, Superman. Right. I mean, except for the people who cry. Right. Which I still don't understand because in all of those movies, he barely speaks. He barely has any lines. He barely says anything. There's like some fighting. He's scenes. just like, that's it. Just gazing into the camera. Yes. There's a lot of looking into the just, just the middle distance and then saving people and then lots of like narration. But never him really talking a whole lot. So I don't know. Right. Who cares? Also, it was never confirmed by WB. So who knows who what they're going to do? Knows. So ridiculous. Uh, what else happened? Oh, and the Dragon Prince dropped on Netflix. Dragon Prince is a series that is uh, done or helmed by the creative team behind uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. If, and it, it was a hugely popular series on Netflix. Or not Netflix, Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. And it spawned a sequel. They managed to do a second series off of that. They also have a bunch of projects that also came out through that through that avenue as well. They're hugely popular. They're usually in diehard fa- fantasists. So they go way into fantasy. Mm-hmm. And they get a lot of kudos because they make their characters diverse. Uh, diversity in an animated series is really rare. Hell yeah. They're usually like a completely made up monster character or white. Like that's it. Like that's all I can yep. get. But in this series, you you see in animation form actual Asian characters, actual black characters, like across the board. So it's nice. Nice. So I wanted to give a little shout out to them. It's a nice little fun fantasy for the whole family. And that's going to wrap it up for Curvy Geeky Fangirl Corner. Woohoo! Good job. Right? There's so many. If this, this is a lot of things that like, I'm, I'm personally interested in. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I'm terrified of terrifying movies, but I'm might be like looking into the candy man interesting there's this guy on this show called harlots mm-hmm. that i feel like is another person that probably could be up for have you ever seen what is harlots yes it's a hulu original show uh-huh and it's called harlots and it it, it um follows these this um madam from a whorehouse in like uh i think 1873 or something like that. Wow. Yeah, uh, England, like in the Soho area of England or something like that. Okay. It is so good. And it's her, and she has, um, like, her, I guess, he, it's him and, like, his, her life partner. Uh, And he's a big black man. 
There's black people in this show yes. in 1800s England. Yes. More questions. And he's the he's basically the lord of the house or whatever. And okay. they're 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 a low level brothel and with high dreams. And so they they make enough money. She has two daughters who you know are white, whatever. And then she has a younger son that's half black. Okay, and the young the younger son like helps like you know clean up the place and do all these little you know little Which things. Okay, the, her two daughters are harlots. Okay, along with her three other harlots, she has. And so she she pimps out her kids. Yeah, so uh-huh. it opens up to like her youngest daughter. I think just turned fifteen, and she starts taking um, bets. Okay. To for taking her virginity or whatever like that. Ooh, oh but, no! But they're all like really excited about it. That's the thing, like because that's the only life they've had, and they're like, "Yo, if I can get enough money so that I can get a keeper, like get a, get uh, you know some wealthy man who, um, you know, wants a mistress and mm-hmm. keep my keep my lifestyle up, like life is gonna be good for me." okay okay so i mean it's kind of sad because they don't really see anything else but it looked like they're transitioning it's right before like the whole big move of people start going to america to start this whole new life mm-hmm. and i think it's gonna like reveal a lot of like these people that are like well big time well you know their family lineage now is like big time how they even came here is like they were harlots and probably like <coughs> their whole mindset was like oh yeah you know actually i was a lord or a lady of that because i mean who's going to verify it on the other side of the pond Agreed. so i mean like I, you know it's the swindle interesting so you gotta check out harlots man okay um, and there's black people on the show I'm just, I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> Big black, a whole bunch. And there's an, another, there's a, there's a mixed girl on the show. There's, I mean, there's a lot of black people on the show. Interesting. It's very good. And I like the light that they're putting them in. Nice. That none of them are afraid. Like, they're not like, yes, sir. No, sir. No. That okay. Like that they're all, you know, free and, and, and maintaining. Nice. Okay. Well, that, okay, cool. Something to check out. Hell yeah, that's good. All right. We'll be moving to the Unpack This segment right after this. Uh-huh. Hey, this is Shay from the POC Podcast, and I want to hear from you. Download the Anchor app and find and follow us, the People of Culture Podcast, and leave us a voicemail on any episode that moves you. And hey, we might play it on the show. Have a question or want to respond to the Reddit ratchetness? Please leave a message after the beep. Beep. Going into absolutely. So this unpack this topic is going to be our part of our little series of doing what you got to do. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about the workplace specifically, and I thought we could touch on code switching and expectations versus reality when you're in a workspace and you happen to be a woman of color. And I thought Shay uh, especially would have something to talk about with her recent uh, <laughs> endeavors. Yes, the code switching that goes on. I mean, I guess it's still creative spaces, but yeah. probably not at the same time. Like just having to code switching. Oh, let's define what code switching is. Let's start there. Layman's terms, code switching is like how, how you act and talk when you're around friends or family versus when you're around workplace individuals, whether they're white or they're just of a different 
of the corporate caliber. Yes. How, basically, how you adapt to the situation that you're currently in. Right. So the, that's yeah, that's something that I, I'm super used to doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of doing of that. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, it's true for a lot of people of color. You most. I'm. I'm going to venture to say a lot of white people don't have to worry about. Yeah, switching. don't have to really do about because I mean it's they we don't they don't have to fit into their own culture. Right. So um, it's more so us having to do it. Right. And so that's what is so um, interesting about this topic. I mean, you have a story about code switching. Yeah. Well, yeah. So at work, you know what? <laughs> very interesting enough. So at work, you know, you, you have to talk a little, a, a little differently. You've got to pronounce yeah. words a certain way. And you have, in the work that we do with customer service, especially, it helps to have almost like a sing-song voice when you're talking to people. I literally feel like I'm taking on the persona of like a nanny, basically, mm-hmm. when I'm working or when I'm interacting with other people that I'm providing these services for. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to them like they're grown-ass people. I have to treat them like they're kids I'm babysitting right. in order to get anything done. They're like, hi. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my goodness! You said you had an appointment, and you don't have an appointment. Oh, that is crazy. That yeah. is crazy. Let's blame the system and not your damn dumb self. But yes. yeah. So yeah, but yeah. So I've noticed that. I've also noticed like, my work recently. So uh, mm-hmm. my company they put out a newsletter. Apparently, they also have a podcast. What? They recently did an interview with John Lithgow and talked about creating a character for the workplace. Like talked about how <laughs> you, you create this different persona for the workplace that's different than the persona you normally carry at home or with your friends or whatever, the definition of code switching. I was like, mm-hmm. this is hilarious. And basically John Lithgow gives tips on how to create this character, how to separate yourself from the character. That way if something crazy pops off at work, it's not really happening to you. It's happening to the character you created. Right. So yeah. And, and so with that though, I I would say um to that, I would also say that like I feel like it's important to create a, you know, some type of character, you know, some type of professional version of you. But mm-hmm. to me, code switching is almost not being you at all like like, and then like having a very specific time where you're going to be you Mm so um I could say like when me and Joe was working together we would literally working in the exact same space and we would talk to we would have a lot of times have a white person or you know someone that was not black really Mm -hmm. or you know we might have some Hispanics that would come in and be different, but particularly white people, we would, you know, talk a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, take our time in different, you know, avenues or something like that, over explain mm-hmm. things. 
and then maybe a black person will come on and come in there and we would be doing that but then our conversation would be like girl hey did you check out scandal it was good <laughs> you know like the conversation that we would have like during the like the points in which we would have to do any type of waiting would be mm-hmm. extremely different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. extremely different i would give you that but also in our area mm-hmm. which um kind of relates to like that expectations versus reality situation yeah. there'd be black people that would come in and yeah, we would, tr- we would try to do the code switch and they were staunchly like no what i don't know what you're talking about mm-hmm. I, I i don't speak like that we only watch the news in my home i don't right. know any of these references but we have but the but those are the types of things that you you know you kind of learn to just feel out like what type of person are you usually we you know i feel like we allow them to open the door first to be like hey girl I see you over here working you know (laughs) kind of open the blinds be like hey girl and I'm like hey girl peek through the blinds (laughs) peek through the blinds it's like you know I feel like you would of course wait for something like that to happen first right but we don't get that time we don't get that time to do that though especially in in the when the work we were doing when Shay was still working with me, mm-hmm. so we would sit down and talk with these people for like fifteen, maybe twenty minutes mm-hmm. to complete that service, and then sometimes we'd see them again. Sometimes we wouldn't see them at all. At all, yeah. But like in that little window, mm-hmm. like she was saying, some of the times, like if it was people that were familiar with with our culture, like if they were black people, mm-hmm. even some white people who even felt like they should people. like be switching it up, and- yeah. Like, so a yeah. lot of the time, like they clearly grew up in a black community, and they just felt like, yeah, I can just talk openly like this with yeah, anybody. Like, I got a black <laughs> or whatever. Right. And tells, yeah, my son's about to go out for the football team. He's got to go get a sickle cell test, and I'm like, you know, you're looking at them like, <laughs> why would they have to get a sickle? Cell? And they would answer because they would kind of look at you, looking at them, and be like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, he's he's half black, or right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Do what I don't know about? many white people think about, <laughs> but but stuff like that, like you would see how they would talk, like especially if there was a a person of higher rank in the yeah. in the area, mm-hmm. they would do their own type of switching where they would speak totally different when they're talking to this higher ranking officer, and then when that person was gone, it was just us. It would go back to like right. you know, a more casual conversation. And I don't, I guess I don't think anything is, that's what I'm saying. Like, I really don't think anything is wrong with code switching. I think it's important to create, especially if you're in the community service genre, that to make, to create this character that Mm -hmm. is you when you're dealing with other people, because, you know, if they, for whatever reason, feel like they're having a bad experience, they Mm -hmm. will let you know. And, you know, it's important to not put that on yourself. Agreed. I agree. And I don't think code switching is as negative as it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. Code switching used to be for survival. Like if you yeah. want to keep that job, you had to completely switch it up. Whereas now mm-hmm. it's a little more liberal leaning. They're they're slowly but surely realizing all of the microaggressions that can happen in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But for the longest, code switching was a bad thing. It meant you could not be your true authentic self. If you mm-hmm. wanted to work, they even touched on it in on Insecure. That whole I want to say the first season mm-hmm. when uh, I don't even know if somebody told Molly to talk to her or if Molly someone just took it upon herself. Someone told her to talk to. Her. 
But yeah, there was there was another black woman that worked at the office, and she was speaking with way more of a street casual, like "Hey, girl, you know what's going on" type of thing. Right. And I think they wanted Molly. I, I forget. I don't know if they wanted Molly to talk to her or Molly they, was just they like, asked "Hey, do some mentorship for her." Mm-hmm. welcome and mentor her to understanding the culture of the place that's what it was I was like so that's code for teacher the how to not be so black <laughs> so yeah so yeah. Like but then it. but then she hit Molly back with a they hired me this way and they yeah. know that this is how I talk I don't remember if it was her they wanted her to mentor I think there was another woman mm-hmm. and then they wanted Molly to also tell her that she was being let go I want to say I don't remember. It was the first season, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, but yeah, stuff like that. It's very it's very interesting. But it, in lieu of the doing what you got to do in the workplace type of thing, it is one of the skill sets that unfortunately you got to carry, depending on where it is that you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. Especially if not working in a very liberal office. If you're in like corporate conservative America and you're trying to make your your path that way, mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot of things that you all of a sudden have to incorporate into the skill set in order to make it work. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about like uh, realities versus expectations? Have you given examples of that in the workplace? <laughs> I can see the expectation is when I come to the interview and my hair is straight. And, mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, you know, very talking, very much in my coat switched voice. Mm-hmm. Then like a month in, I'm coming in with my um. Dookie braids, and you know, still professional, but my hair has changed, and I could definitely see that. You know, you can see that, especially with with white people Mm -hmm. or Asian people. I mean, there's you know, all kinds of people that aren't familiar with your culture. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, your hair! (laughs) You know, like it's a lot of that, like. Like, they don't understand. And that's the thing. Unfortunately, you have to do stuff like have your hair in a not natural state. You have to code switch and stuff for this, you know, survival. Do you, do you think the natural hair, uh, especially, do you think that is only concerned around a certain type of natural hair? Or do you oh, think that goes across the board? Of course, I think the looser your natural hair is, uh, mm-hmm. the far more accepted it is. Okay, by you know, outside of our culture for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely in our culture too. Mm-hmm. Really, but I know I'm kind of spoiled. I work in a lovely place where it's run by a lot of women of color. <laughs> what are you saying, people. girl? That was that was amazing, and I'm down right. here now. Like, oh my god. <laughs> this place is so white. Everybody is white. I am spoiled now. I don't know how I'm gonna act if I was ever in another situation where I was the only one again. I'd be like, I don't I don't know how to function right now. I'm like what? Yeah, and I mean there's other races and stuff, but they're very like to themselves. Like everyone yeah. has a corner and I'm just in there like well, why would that be in corners? Like, <laughs> what's the problem? Right, right. Especially like at state positions and stuff, like federal government positions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I went for an interview for one, and I was just like, 
man, it is real undiverse from this Joker. I mean, the security guard wife, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the door person wife, mm-hmm. the mazes wife. I mean, I mean, it's wide up in here. You're telling me that there's not a whole lot of diversity in the South? Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, I know, but I just was like, I mean, slaves were here too. I mean, like. Yeah, but there were people. So, where you know. are their descendants? <laughs> they got the heck out of Godage. They were like, and we good. Let's go oh, to Detroit. We move, in. we move in I today. Mean, I, got to go to, I got to go to the H, the local HBCU and feel a little more. <laughs> We don't have nobody in here at the state level of color in the building. Right, right. But who? But I mean, I I mean, slowly but surely. I mean, those spaces are changing, and I Mm -hmm. think some. I think that scares a lot of a lot of people who don't want that change. So you, so you'll see the reverse where they're trying to staunchly hold on to these antiquated ideals but eventually i mean change is constant and consistent it is, it is. It's, it's gonna happen it's gonna happen but yeah that, that's all i got i really want to get into reddit ratchetness because i found a beauty of heck one. yes let's get into it okay so there's one i am for sure doing it's going to be the first one but but i have two others for us to choose between there's a he settled for me one and it's talking about a wife and husband or we can talk about uh, husband prefers porn to me. Also wife and husband. He prefers what? Porn. To me. I want to hear both of them. Oh, okay. We will do them. We'll do all of them. But the, the one I really wanted to do was the one that made uh, major headlines earlier this week. So what? Do that one. So this first one. Oh, can I, what can I find the statement? Give me the statement. Here it is. My friend. And the person who's speaking says that she's 26 and female. Her friend is 25 and female. Just dropped out of being a bridesmaid. And then the statement goes on to say, "Okay, oh, it's really, really, really long. Is it going to give me the whole information? Basically, my fiance and I are getting married in February of next year. I asked my best friend to be my maid of honor and three of my closest girlfriends to be bridesmaids. Okay. All was well until the last week of August when my fiance and I booked our wedding venue. The venue is an incredibly beautiful plantation. It's one that I've admired since I was a little girl. When I announced the venue location to my bridal party, everyone seemed excited for me except J and T, who is best friends with J. So she just used initials. Mm -hmm. It's safe to assume J and T are black. So I thought... (laughs) J and T... I thought nothing of it, but awoke to a message this morning from Jay that read, and then she goes on to says, I love you a lot, but I have to bow out from being a bridesmaid. I told you that I could not be a part of a wedding that happened at a plantation. I firmly believe that all plantations should be museums that highlight the atrocities, injustices, or oh, and injustices towards my community. We talked in great detail about exactly why I felt the way you, I did when you told me about your love for this venue. But it seems that your love for the venue is outweighing your love for me. Oh, that's, that's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> no. oh. 
but she goes on to say that you know initially when we originally had this conversation you told me that you weren't you know you weren't going to go about it and that, that you wouldn't I didn't have to worry about it mm-hmm. to be pictured and seen at a plantation wedding could cause harm to my professional reputation and as much as I love you I cannot make this sacrifice uh, basically and she goes on to say that you know the, the venue her venue choice does not translate to issues with the actual woman getting married or her fiance. She's happy for both of them. She also goes on to say that she'll, she's still willing to pay for half of her bridesmaid dress and whatnot. And she still has the gift that's going to be sent to them for their wedding. She's just not going to be a part of that wedding. So the Reddit user, Reddit user then put it up out there that she does remember having a conversation with Jay that about, you know, should she choose a plantation? Uh-huh. She she remembers telling Jay that yeah she wouldn't choose she wouldn't use a plantation and expect Jay to be there but she thought Jay was overreacting at the time and was going to give it like a few a few weeks to settle basically and then drop this news on her but it's going to be this venue how do I convince her that she's being ridiculous and that what happened there was a long time ago and has no bearing on my wedding? And that any colleague who would judge her is incredibly narrow-minded and shouldn't be paid attention to, the Reddit reposter asked. So, do you want to give your response? Or should I tell you how the internet responded? Oh, that's <laughs> the internet. The internet unanimously dragged the hell out of the poster. She then had to go back and delete the Reddit post. I can't even find it on Reddit anymore. You have to look for it like in Twitter or like a news article. They dragged the shit out of this girl. They were like, they were comparing it to like, well, yes. So what if I want to have my wedding at a concentration camp run by Nazis? It was like, just like in ridiculousness. It's beautiful here. Right. In, <laughs> in, yeah. it's, it's, it, it's beautiful. In this era, it's the springtime for Hitler. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And, right. You know. It was wonderful. It happened so long ago. So, so basically, Erna just went in and was like, "Are you dumb? Like, like why I the would hell?" I just love to have my wedding at Pearl Harbor, right? <laughs> I think that is beautiful, right? Just on the ship as the bombs are dropping, it would just be wonderful. No, but just like <laughs> the grounds of of nine eleven, right? <laughs> just. People There's were just dragging like- her. People were dragging her. They're like, it's not like she came at you angry first and was just like, fuck you. And it's wearing and just like went off the handle. She told you beforehand she could not be a part of a wedding that was at a plantation. Understandably. And then she told you in a very nice response that, hey, she still loves you. She just cannot be a part of a plantation wedding. And, and offer to do all this other stuff to make up for the fact that she is not going to be a part of a plantation wedding. So yeah, so this woman had to then delete her Reddit, her Reddit posts and her account because you can see her Reddit user handle. And then all these news media outlets picked it up and it continued to just drag her through the mud, through Twitter, through all of the socials. I'm just glad she had a Reddit user handle and it wasn't her actual name. Heck yeah. But the answer it. she was looking for was not the answer that she got. Nope. No, ma'am. I don't, I mean, like, it's a plantation. So, I mean, like, it's very interesting. I can't I, do it. I can't. It, it's very confusing because, like, like my husband's family, they will have reunions at a plantation. It'll be well, at a plantation. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. 
and then I'm where just their like, family's okay. from. It's where their family's from, true. But still, we're on a planet. There's so, a like, so, I, look, yeah. I was looking at some places too it, for my wedding, and, and a lot of them were plantations. But and even like the boat one, I was like, I mean, it looks nice, and then I get there, it's just like a vibe, and I was like, yeah, it's already enough to be in this area mm. in America. Mm-hmm. Slavery was kind of everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I could do this. No. <laughs> I just I just find it very interesting and I'm a, a little relieving that the internet so unanimously was like what the fuck is wrong with you like why why would you think that she's overreacting like what are you talking about what is going baby, on baby um I suggest you just know don't don't be mad at her about that so crazy especially if she told you ahead of time that's my yeah. you told yeah. you ahead of time and that's a lot because I mean there's plenty of people that just tell you anything right true mm-hmm. so true 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 i think true, she's very respectful i mean uh yeah it sucks to lose a bridesmaid and everything like that but mm-hmm. but if you want to keep that venue that you so much have your heart set on yeah i was like it sounds like you really love that and i don't think anybody should make you feel like shouldn't have what you want for your wedding wherever you want to get married that's fine okay well okay i was like i I can't be a part of this because you know whatever Mm -hmm. that's you know but had you wanting to do what you want to do it's just it's just it's mad interesting and i'm just glad that the internet was there to to check her and be like you dumb you're dumb you are really dumb (laughs) (laughs) right no, enjoy your slavery things wedding. We gotta go. No, no, slavery no. no. Things so people were posting stories of just like horrible experiences they've had of other people who decided to have weddings at plantations. Mm-hmm. One poster put up uh, how like her friend was, which was a white woman, was marrying a black man, and they had the guys like do their full outfit change and like get ready in the old slave quarters. While she was in the main house, and she didn't see anything wrong with it. Just like, mm. okay, here we go. All right. He didn't see. That's what I'm saying. He didn't see anything wrong with it either. What? Yeah, apparently not, because he did it, and then they went and had their wedding. So, y'all know. Yikes. Y'all know. But hilarious, and I was just like, this is hysterical, and it's going against the podcast. So there, yes. that's, that's <laughs> one. <laughs> So that is definitely one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then let me get the other ones. So the, yeah, the other one is He Settled For Me. I chose that because there are two people who are like 21 and 22. Mm-hmm. He's in the military. She's a new spouse. Mm-hmm. And she recently discovered all this mess was happening behind her back. And she didn't realize, realize it and now kind of feels stuck. All right. So it goes. Hi, Reddit. Sorry for the, oh, let's skip all this repost business because apparently she posted it somewhere else and it wasn't the right place. All right. I'm feeling so extremely sad right now and I just don't know what to do. I'm sorry if this post is messy or jumbled. I am not in a clear headspace at the moment. My husband and I just got married at the beginning of July. We started dating five years ago in high school and we were basically each other's first for everything. However, we have had our fair share of ups and downs. We have dated other people but always found our way back to each other. 
We've done long distance for about four years on and off. We got a house on base about a month ago and began living with each other. I uprooted my life to be here with him, though I didn't have much going on for myself in my hometown. I thought that we were getting along okay. Uh, and she goes in about how he drives her car. So she's basically stranded at the house until he gets back from work. But then she also feels bad because she's not working. So she tries to make sure that like she mm-hmm. tends to the house and has, a, and has meals ready for him just to show her appreciation. Uh, her worst fear came true uh, when she went through his Snapchat recently. So she noticed since they've been living together that he's been super protective and private about his phone. He never like is using it in front of her. They went to dinner and she needed his passcode to get in to change some sort of music or whatever that was playing in the car. Uh, He gave it to her and she locked it away in memory so she could look through his phone later. Mm -hmm. So she looked through his phone later and found out that he's been having a text conversation with one of their mutual friends who's also in their age group. Uh, she said it was a little flirty, but there was no major red flags. But that how he basically was telling her, the friend, that he did, he feels like he's settling, marrying the woman that he married. Uh, and that uh, he wasn't even sure that they should have gotten married, basically. And that if it doesn't work out, that, that him and this their mutual friend, they should do something together if it doesn't work out. So now wow. she's kind of like in her feelings. She's like... I don't know what else to do about this. Like, I f- she feels like it's the straw that broke the camel's back because they haven't had a lot of positive moments in their relationship up until now, and she doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So there we go. What do you think? One, I will go. I, I will confront him about it and say either we need to go do counseling or let's just get a divorce right now. Mm. Okay. Okay. That that would be the only two options for me at this. Okay. Point. And that that's me. There's no way I could bite my tongue around something like that. Okay. I mean, cause, and I would offer to him like, do you want to see where this actually goes, or do you just want to end it and go do whatever you want to do? Okay. Cause, and I'll and I'll figure it out, but I'm not gonna sit here and be disrespected and you know seem like I'm this you know second choice or something like that. Right. Yeah, I could see that. I give you that, but I I feel her on the she doesn't know anybody. Like, like she has that mutual friend who clearly <laughs> is a shit friend if she's flirting with her she's husband. A shit friend. But she doesn't know anybody, and she's trapped on base. And if you know anything about living on base, it's mm-hmm. gated, so you you can't. It's not super easy. And we're usually where bases are. You're not super close to a lot of things, so you can't just like walk and explore somewhere. It's a it's a situation. Mm-hmm. Or you, you're, you need a car. Nine times out of ten, you have to have a car if you're going to be doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I can see how she feels trapped and isolated. And if she does bring it up to him, like losing even more, because she's already away from so much family and everything else. I agree with the counseling, but I, I don't know that I agree that she should bring him into it just yet. I think there's still self-esteem stuff that she's got to deal with. Fleet and fa- family services is something that's on every base. Mm-hmm. So she could definitely look into, but I would look into counseling for herself first. Well, no, I would definitely look into counseling for myself, but like, I guess I wouldn't be able to sit with no man, make him no dinner and all of that <laughs> and be feeling and after seeing something like that without addressing it almost immediately. I could just, mm-hmm. well, I'm just going to go get counseling for myself. Like, no, I, I'm going to tell you when you get home that night. Which I could see, but I don't. I don't think she's 
at that stage because this she did a whole like spy research like retcon just to get like information about him so I don't think she's good with confronting him face to face is what I get from that so I would look into fleet and family services they believe it or not deal with something like this all the time all the time you're mad young you get married because he joined you don't want to be separated but now you're like really learning about each other and you're you're like oh i don't like you yeah Uh, oh okay i don't like you right and i mean at least fleeting family services will give you resources so if you did want to start working they'll teach you they'll talk to you about transportation get you nothing after i see something like that i would be ready to I mean, I'm ready to roll. I'm about, I'm ready to call my mom and tell mm-hmm. me, listen, this is a big mistake. This is a <laughs> this is a Take me back so I can get my feet up off the ground. Right? Because that, that's how I would go up. I could, I could definitely see that. But I, I also think you have to be in that headspace first. And if you're not... You just feel like so many things are out of your control when really you have full control of the situation. Mm-hmm. So, so good luck to you, boo. I hope that oh, you, I hope you, that works out. That really sucks. It <laughs> does. Well, he also sounds dumb. So maybe dot, maybe bullet dodge that you know this now. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Girl, roll out. Right. Do I mean, yeah, and get, and get, and get you somebody with some Okay, don't get no private. Girl, you on a base. You right. You on a base. <laughs> don't be sitting there and get you a, with a private. Get you a right. You know. I mean, at least, at least like uh, further up in the chain of enlistment, like an E nine mm-hmm. girl, uh, ensign. You can get you an an, uh, an officer who's an O one. I mean, get you a warrant officer. Somebody. You could. You could. You on a base. There's a plethora. Don't get you nobody. No. Man, <laughs> raise goals for yourself oh that's too funny that reminds me of that scene from um not another what is it called not another scary movie yeah which talks about the backup dancer and just change it off for enlisted yeah she was with an enlisted member I she don't know. love herself <laughs> she don't even love him she don't love her exactly love her. okay what's the other one so the other one is my husband prefers porn to me mm-hmm. so basically um she's this woman says that she's or i think it's a woman it might be a man it doesn't say mm-hmm. but this person is in a marriage and has a husband this person's at a loss because uh they feel like they don't know what else to do with their husband so basically it's a really long post the, the short of it is that this person has a high sex drive her husband does not they have sex occasionally, like she says three to four times a month, but that's not enough for her. Uh, when she tries to engage in conversation about it, she's kind of hit with like a wall a lot of the time. But then recently she discovered on his computer, or no, his phone, just like out in the open, like he was in the internet and just left these tabs up and open, that he's into a lot of cam porn. So that's when it's a solo girl looking into a cam, doing things. Which kind of took her aback because she feels like, why does he need to watch all this porn when she's literally right there and has this high sex drive? When she tried to talk to him about it, he got mad defensive and it didn't end well. And now she says she's seven months pregnant and wants to have this open conversation, but doesn't know how to go about it. What should she do? 
I, you know, I'm always going back to the counseling. <laughs> the counseling? <laughs> like, it seems like you need a professional um, talk space. Talk space yeah. counseling. I would definitely say she needs to do something like that. Um, and get for herself and also for her husband because, I mean, I guess watching porn and stuff is fine, but... I like how you said that with a question mark. Huh? I like how you said that with a question mark. <laughs> it's fine. I it's guess fine. The, the cat, the 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 webcam thing is a little different because you're interacting with the person. No, you're not interacting at all. You're literally oh, just I watching you them. Were, like asking them, "Hey, can you put that cucumber um, on your nose?" You like, could, but he's watching it on like services like. Uh, Pornhub or no. what's the other one X video or something where like it's a canned stream but it's something that's already occurred so they're not typing anything mm-hmm. or communicating with the girl anymore oh okay okay cool, cool. so somebody posted that like uh, she really needs to nip this in the bud because porn leads to the rewiring of your sexual satisfa- satisfaction in your brain apparently According to this poster, if you watch a lot of porn, you are no longer stimulated by by like people by people anymore. You need the video, supposedly. Mm-hmm. I disagree very much so. Yeah, very, very I much so. To that, I I would say if it bothers you that much about it, I would just be like, you know, you need to talk to some type of counselor and talk to your husband and be like, you know, this really bothers me because it feels as though like. You know, you're not giving me what I, you know, I need. I'm seven months pregnant. I'm supposed to have this baby. We can't have sex for like another almost two months. Like, but I also wonder if that is part of it. Like, he already had a low sex drive. Now you're pregnant. I could definitely see him just being like, we can, this, this can wait until the baby's born. Like, we're good with that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. Right. But also, like, when you're watching, so she does a whole part in there where she talks about how, like, she just feels, it's such a betrayal that he's watching all this porn. Porn is not a group activity. There's no intimacy in porn. Like, mm-hmm. it's literally just you. It's just you watching this, mm-hmm. doing whatever it is that you do when you watch it. Mm-hmm. There's no, and I think for, for, especially people like this gentleman who have a lower sex drive, it's the people aspect. Like, you just, you, you don't meet this person so close to you all the time. But porn gives you the outlet to still do what you want to do. And not have this person in your face all the time. Okay. My thing is, she already knew going in, he had a lower sex drive than her. She already, she already knew that. I could understand being surprised that he's so open with watching his porn. Because he didn't, like, lock it away. It's mm-hmm. not like he had it under a different, like, a secured browser or anything. He had it, like, just regularly on his phone. Um, but I would also wonder... I would also ask, like, have they watched any of this together? Is that something that she's brought up? Or is she just hard, like, you don't watch it, period, because I'm here? Right. Uh, I don't know. More questions. But I agree. Count if, if they can, I would say talk with a sexual counselor. Mm-hmm. I understand, though, trying to get him to agree to go with you. That is a, it's a step. Tell him it's a, it's a cam porn convention. <laughs> Porn convention. Like I saw that you really like this, and I really want to take you to the um, cam porn convention. That would be a very interesting discussion. And then it's like the counselor. 
<laughs> that would be so great. I would not recommend that, but you know, <laughs> don't, don't do that. But still, <laughs> but still, but yeah. I mean, I think there's a stigma when it comes to to um, especially Americans and mm-hmm. sexuality. We're very much like, no, you do that with one other person, and you do it when you're married, and yada 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 yada. Yep. It's very taboo. We don't openly talk about sexual needs or wants or frustrations like that in mm-hmm. any kind of regular dialogue. It's right. it's even taught in schools in a very strange way. Like you gotta sign permission slips. Mm-hmm. People have to vet the videos that you're talking about. It's a whole right. we treat it like it's something that we shouldn't want mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah, villainize something so natural. Exactly. Which makes no sense. And also, human history continues to show that uh, we're not listening to any of that. We're yeah. making people. So. Heck yeah. Making people passing diseases. <laughs> Even when we're older. Like, I couldn't believe the statistics around uh, senior centers. Mm-hmm. Like, how uh, chlamydia gets spread so rapidly yeah. to people in the 60 to 80 ranges. I was like... Heck yeah, girl. Can you, is, is anything even functioning now? Are you serious right now? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Absolutely. They out here. Just out here. Like, just getting it. Like, wow. Wow. Okay. All right, Miss Clementine. That's a, that's a lot, but all right. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Clementine? Clementine. Oh, my darling. <laughs> <laughs> Clementine. But that's it. That is it for the Reddit Ratchetness section i think we should close it on up what do you think unless you get something else nope that's it for me all right all right as always Mm -hmm. you can catch us at the pocpodcast.com that is our website yes we're also on twitter and instagram under the poc podcast Mm -hmm. we have a facebook page but that's pretty much it it just exists i don't i don't see us ever using it but it's there it's there just in case it's there just in case we we got to really put some more stuff on that stuff we're working on it we're working on <laughs> right? it we say it every episode one day it's going every, to happen every time every time one day yeah but also if you want to add your comments to the reddit ratchetness do you have a friend who's gung-ho about a plantation wedding ah! let us know hit us up in these the email the plc podcast at gmail.com i'm, I'm having a nike nike wedding <laughs> <laughs> i have a nike wedding See, the South would be where to have it too. Just what? have like this kneeling ceremony. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Me and my nights. <laughs> Just posed and ready. Uh, where can they find you, Shay? They can find me at Shay Cherie Show on everything Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Um, yeah. All and the, the like. Cool. Uh, and YouTube. Things. All the like. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. All right. And then they can find me uh, at curvygeekyfangirl.com. Yes. I'm still doing posts for For All Nerds now, formerly Fan Bros, now For yeah. All Nerds. I uh, got some, got some great works. things in the works. I do. I got some projects in the works. I am Ooh. scared about, but I also heard Shay's inner voice just being like, do it, Joe. Yes. <laughs> this is just so. out. She's just out here being like just amazing. No, you trying, know, trying. Blowing up out here. Doing, <laughs> we'll see. Doing we'll see. Gonna be amazing. Mm-hmm. But so is Shay. You, you can catch her latest work on your uh, favorite country music channel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, jokes. 
jokes. Jokes. But also true. But also jokes. Yes. But absolutely. So I hope you guys have a good week and we'll catch you later. Deuces. Bye. <laughs>